Shalom, and I hope all is well. My name is Yitzchak Schiffman. Thanks for tuning into this podcast, and I hope you enjoy the Torah classes in it. Now, on to the episode. Today's Daf Masechus Kedushin is Daf Chav Ches 28. We're going to have three sections in today's Daf. First section is going to be a finale of the sugya we were learning yesterday regarding Yehoshua. The second section is going to be a sugya discussing Chalipin. And the third is the contrast between acquisitions of Hektish and of Hedjo. So let's get started. We're holding the second to last line on Chav Zayin Amud Beis. We left off yesterday. We said that we have a raya from Sota. The fact that the husband could make the woman swear about what happened during the Erisin period, which otherwise he wouldn't be allowed to make her swear when she's a Sota. But when she's a Sota, since she's swearing anyways, about what happened during Nisun, that he could make her swear, she, he could also make her swear about what occurred during Erisin. This is a raya that when it comes to Isurim, at least, there's a concept of Gilgal Shvua. So says the Gemara, Eshkoch and Saita de Isura. We find a proof from here that regarding Isurim, Gilgal Shvua is able to be effective. But Mamayna Minalan, how do we know that when it comes to monetary cases, you can also utilize Gilgal Shvua? So Tana Deir B'Yishmael Kalvachaymer. Deir B'Yishmael taught it's a Kalvachaymer. Uma Saita turned to Chavches Medalef. Regarding a Saita, Shalai Nitna Lihitavea Be'ed Echad. Lihitavea Be'ed Echad. Regarding a Saita where the claim cannot be made. If the husband cannot make her swear, she does not become a Saita to go through this procedure if there was only one witness who saw the steer or the seclusion. And yet, Megalgalin, there is a concept of Gilgal Shvua. So, regarding monetary cases where an Eidecha does have power, means if someone rejects the claim against him that he owes money and one Eidecha supports the claimant, actually he does have to swear. So, certainly we should also apply the principle of Gilgal Shvua. Ashkachen bevadai says the Gemara we found from this Kalvachaymer. It's enough to deduce that if there was a certain claim um, that the Shvua couldn't be enforced on, meaning there wasn't a Vaidaba Mixa scenario or was Karka, for example. So then, if there's another Shvua to be made that he is able to enforce, he can also be Megalgil, the other claim that he wasn't able to force a Shvua on because the other claim, meaning the one he wasn't able to force, was one of certainty. Safek Minalan. But how do we know that even regarding a doubtful claim? So Rashi explains like a scenario, there's a halacha in. Um, in um, where it talks about if Shutfim or Arisim, partners or sharecroppers, they split up property. So after they split up property, one has a claim against the other saying it wasn't done properly. This is considered a suffake claim. He's not saying for certainty that you, you took something inappropriate from me. But Minola, and the question now becomes where it's a, a suffake, how would we also know you can roll over the Gilgal Shvua can also allow a Shvua to occur on something that was a suffake that wasn't allowed to swear about before? Um, the halacha is, Rashi, the, the, the pshat is like this, is that when it comes to partners or sharecroppers, before they split up, actually, you are able to force one the other to make a shvu. Afterwards, though, you're not able to force it, but if there's a Gilgal scenario, meaning one was forcing the other to swear about something else, you could be Megalgal this as well, and that is the halacha. Now, you can't prove from Saita because the entirety of Saita is a suffix. So maybe, you have no idea. So maybe there you can utilize Gilgal Shvua to require her to swear of what occurred during Erosin. But in monetary cases in general, it's only when there's a certain claim. 
So if there's a certain claim, you could be megalgil, another certain claim that you weren't able to enforce before, that the, the, the claimee would have to swear. But where it's a suffix, who says you can apply the same svara? So the Gemara answers, it says in the Torah the concept of a shvua, meaning that there's a shvua outside of the be- of the Beis Hamikdash, which is done in court regarding monetary rulings. And we also have the Allah of shvua that's done inside with a saita. So it's a memotzinu. Just as regarding the saita, the, the shvua that's done inside, we made the suffik evada, even though it's only a suffik, we don't know. But we're megalgil, just like the vadai, that you allow her to swear also on or enforce her to swear also on the scenarios of Arison, for example. So to the Shavu that's done based and outside of the Beis HaMikdash by monetary laws, you can make the Safek Kevada and you could be Megalgil not only on Vada cases, but also on Safek scenarios. You'd be able to enforce the Gilgal Shavuah. Says the Gemara, Heichan Gilgal Shavuah. How far does Gilgal Shavuah allow you to go in terms of enforcing otherwise unenforceable shvuas. If somebody comes over to another Jew, a Jew, and says, swear to me that you're not my slave, my Evid Kenani. Says the Gemara, that would be the scenario, that if there would be another shvua that he can make this other person swear, then he could also make him swear about that. Says the Gemara, that certainly wouldn't be allowed to be Megalgil because the claimant in such a scenario would be put in Cherem because you're denigrating another Jew by calling him, you're, you're casting aspersions against him entirely by saying he's an Evid Kenani, he's a Goy. Titania, as the Bryce explained, someone calls his friend an Evid Kenani, he put, he's put in Nidoy. Which is a pretty serious thing. Now, Mamzer, if he calls my Mamzer, so it's not as severe, but nonetheless, they, he's, they give him a knas also that he gets makas mardus. Now, this isn't as bad as nidoi, but it is still pretty bad. And Russia, if you call your friend a Russia, so Bezdom won't enforce anything, but the one who was called a Russia is able to, as Rashi explains over here, this literally means descend into his livelihood, but it means he's allowed to hate the person who called him a Russia, and he's also allowed to go into competition to hurt the other one's business. The point is, the point is, um, you see clearly, calling somebody an Evid Kanani is considered a negative thing. Certainly, Gilgal Shvu wouldn't be enforced in such a scenario. So, El of the Gemara says, What he could say, if he came over to a fellow and said, Swear to me that you didn't, you weren't sold to me as an Evid Ivri. So then he can't make him swear on that, but what he would allow to make, if he had another Shvu that he'd be enforcing, he'd be allowed to enforce this but through Gilgal Shvu. Says the Gemara, that's a real taina, meaning this isn't like uh, this is not different than any case of Gilgal Shvua, because Mamoina is legabe. He has money by him, meaning if he really was his Evid Ivri, so then there's a certain amount of money he owes him either the work or the redemption value. So the point is, of course, you can be Megalgil this as a secondary Shvua if he was high of a different Shvua, as this is just a normal monetary scenario. So the Gemara answers. Rava says, no, this is different. We learned earlier in the Masechta, Rava holds that an Evid Ivri is physically acquired 
like an Evid Kanani in a certain sense, that it requires a get shechor, we learned you can't do mechila, and therefore, the Gemara says, is it's not a normal metaltalin scenario of mamanis, this is more akin to karka. So the chiddush is, is that if you had another shvua to make, then you'd be able to enforce that he also could swear that he's not as Evid Ivri. He says the Gemara, but if that's true, I know karka. So then it's the same as karka, it means gufai kanoi by definition would mean he's like property, and Evid Kanani's property, and if he's like property, so then we already had a chiddush in our Mishnah. We said if you're swearing about metaltalin, you could be Megal Gyalan Karka. So what's the chiddush regarding swearing that he wasn't sold as an Evid Ivri? Mauditim, you might have said Karka would have the injury to Mizavni Perhaps when it comes to karka, the natural thing to do is to sell privately. You don't want people to know you're selling off your properties. And therefore, if you have a shvuan metaltalin, you could be megalgal on karka because the fact that nobody knows about the karka sale, it, it's not, it doesn't imply that it didn't happen. But in Isa Dezavin, less they call it, because even if it was sold, there wouldn't be a rumor. People wouldn't do that publicly. They don't want people to know they're selling off their karka. Hive regarding an Evid Ivri, Misa Dezavin, call it Isle. That's not done privately. And therefore, you'd say the fact that there's no rumor about it implies that it didn't really happen. So maybe we're not Megal Gil Mashmalan the Chiddush of Rava is, in such a scenario, you are Megal Gil because it's similar to Karka, and therefore, in such a scenario, if you have to swear about something else, he'd also end up having to swear that he wasn't sold to this fellow as an evidivri. Let's move on to the second point now, the new Mishnah, and we're going to talk about Chalipin. The Mishnah tells us, now we're going to read the Mishnah straight, and we'll see there's going to be three ways of explaining it in the Gemara. Kol domin we'll read it like the Hava Amina of Rav Sheshis in the Gemara. Anybody, anything that is utilized as a form of payment in other scenarios, meaning anything that is utilized as a form of payment in general, which is referring to money, once the seller receives it, the buyer is considered responsible for the exchange. Now, if we read this straight and we're assuming it's talking about chalipin, so what happens is like this. If I'm selling as the seller to someone else, an animal, the moment I receive the money, but it's being utilized in the format of chalipin, not of Kenyan kasef, so then immediately the buyer owns the animal that I'm selling him, and if it's destroyed, for example, that's his own fault, even before it's, he's done meshicha, any sort of real physical Kenyan on the animal. So it's the money alone that creates the chalipin effect, making the buyer the owner of that animal regardless of what happens. Now the Mishnah continues, Ketzad. How, how do we illustrate this chalipin example? Hechlif shor bepara, if they exchange an ox for a cow, or chamor bishor, or a donkey for an ox, kivan once the buyer takes his, the animal from the, the, the seller takes the animal from the buyer, nischayev zeh bechalipov, or vice versa, the other one will be responsible in the exchange, meaning he's now the owner, and if anything happens to it, that's too bad, there's no backseas now. Now that end of the mission is a little bit difficult based on the way I just read it, because the beginning seems to be talking about chalipin that occurs through taking money, and the second part seems to be referring to animals. So immediately the Gemara just wonders, Chalipin my new. What are we talking about at the Chalipin in the ratio of our Mishnah? Matbeah. L'chayr, what it means is something that's utilized as a form of payment in general, which is money. So the problem is, the Gemara says, from this we would deduce, Chalipin. means what that would conclude is, you, could, you see you can create a Chalipin by using the money as the physical exchange item or the symbolic gesture, and then the other item immediately transfers to the property of the, to the ownership of the other party. Now, the problem with this is, the Gemara Paskins in Meseches Bav Metziah, Matbeah is not Nasa Chalipin. When it comes to Chalipin, the Pasuk tells us in, 
Pasuk tells us in uh, Rus, it says, Shlaf ish na'alo, is that you have to remove a shoe, you have to use an item. We'll see how what an item is inclusive of. The Pashas refers to kalim, actually, real vessels. But the point is, it excludes money, and that's the psak of the Gemara in Bab Mitziah. But the conclusion of our Mishnah here seems to be, at least in Ahav Amino, we're saying, that you could use money as chalipin, as the monetary gesture, as the physical thing. So, Amr Rav Yudah Amr, no. Rav Yudah says, this is what the Mishnah would mean to say. And this is going to be the maskana of Rav Shesha. So that was the Havami, this is the maskana. Anything that requires evaluation to be utilized as a barter item to exchange for something else. Now what that would mean is anything other than money. Because money's value you know. But when you're bartering, you're exchanging items, if they're items that don't have a clear value, which most items would be then, so then you'd have to evaluate it. Turning to Chavches Mudbeis, so then what the Mishnah is saying is, Kivan Shazachazen is Bechalipin. Once, for example, if I'm buying the cow um, and I'm giving the ox to the other party to do chalipin, so the moment the other fellow does meshicha on the ox or mesira from the ox, any kinyan on that, which would create a chalipin effect now, I would acquire automatically the animal that I'm acquiring. But really it's referring to two items and the chiddush is, as Rashi explains over here, it doesn't necessarily have to be a kli, because an animal is not a kli. So the chiddush is, even peros avdi chalipin, as we're going to say momentarily, you can even use, even though the Pasuk says na'alo, which implies a vessel or a shoe, a clo- article of clothing, nonetheless, the chiddush of our Mishnah would be, you can use also peros, but certainly you cannot use money. The Ekonomi, the Gemara says, it's also implicit for our Mishnah, you can't use a coin, the Katani, because it says at the end of our Mishnah, Ketzad, how is this done? Hechlef shor bepara, ochamor bishor. It uses animals, animals as an example, clearly not money. So Shmamina says the Gemara, what our Mishnah re- is meant to be read together in one scenario. If you're using items, it doesn't have to be necessarily a kli. It could be peros or produce items also, but it can't be money. So then it's illustrating that that would be an effective thing with the seifa, as the seifa uses the example of shorbepara. Immediately the other party would acquire the animal that is being used as the exchange after the initial party did a kinyan on the first animal. Says the Gemara, the Gemara challenges how we would interpret the Mishnah in Ahava Amina that we understood it's talking about Chalipin through monies. The way we initially understood, that the coin could be used for Chalipin, and Nishum Dame meant monies. So, my Ketzad, how does the Ketzad illustrate the Resha if it's two different cases? So, the Gemara says, This is how we would interpret the Mishnah. Meaning the Reisha is saying you can use monies, which is a Chiddush of Matbea Nasa Chalipin. The Seifa is saying you can also use another example, which is Peris also, can also be utilized for Chalipin, Ketzad. And Rashi learns that we're saying even additional Chiddush over here. For sure, if you did Meshicha on the animal itself, which is more similar to Kalim, you'd be able to create a Chalipin effect because animals are functional usage like like Kalim itself. But the Chiddush of the Seif would be, Hechlef Basar Shor Bepara. Now it's the meat of the ox with the, for, for a cow, if you exchange those. Or Basar Chamor Bishor. Kivan Shazachazen is Chayab Chalipin. The Chiddush is, even though those are less like a Kli and more Peros, nonetheless the Chalipin would still be effective. It would come out that it's actually two separate Chiddushim in the mission, that Matbeanas Chalipin and Peros are also able to be utilized for Chalipin. Says the Gemara, Hanicha, we can understand the Hava Amina and the Maskana, which is that the Hava Amina, the Chiddush, is both 
matbeya and peros can be utilized for chalipin. And then the maskana, as we're saying, is that it's only referring to peros. Those both work, l'rev sheishas. The Amar peros avdi chalipin. Rav sheishas holds you can utilize non-kalim for chalipin. El l'rev nachman, but rev nachman argues, this is a machlekis, m'seches bab metziah, he says you cannot utilize peros as chalipin. So Michael Amemar, how do you understand our Mishnah? How, what kind of a chalipin is being affected in our Mishnah if you're not allowed to use peros? These are non-kalim l'chayra. Says the Gemara Achika Amar. Let's interpret the Mishnah as we understood in the Hava Aminar of Sheishes. The Kalanishim Dami Ba'achar is referring to money. But we're not actually referring to an exchange that is created using the money as the chalipin, as we'll explain. Yesh damim shehin kechalipin. There are times that you can utilize monies like a chalipin gesture, but actually it's really Kenyan kesef, ketzad. How is this done? Hechlif demei shor bepara, like this. If he exchanged the value of an ox for a para, or demei chamor bishor, or the value of a chamor with a shor. Now what does that mean? Zerashi explains like this. What happened was is, they were initially going to do a chalipin, but a chalipin where the seller... The seller, so what happened is like this. I was, the seller was selling his animal, say saying he's selling his ox, let's say, to the buyer. And they agreed that the seller would, the buyer would do Meshicha, obligating him to pay the seller $100. So it's a Meshicha that obligates a payment of money. Now that's effective. After the Meshicha was done, they decided that instead of $100, the seller said, you don't have to pay me $100, but you have a horse that's worth $100. So I'll accept the horse as an equal exchange by canceling the debt that you owe me that's like a Kenyan Kesef on the horse, and then I'll acquire that. That's the Chiddush of the Mishnah. So it's not even talking about Chalipin in terms of what the money accomplishes, but rather it's like a Kenyan Kesef of the monies that are owed to the seller now being exchanged for the item that is now going to... Ex- a flip into the hands of the seller. And that's the Chiddush the Mishnah is telling us. Monies can be utilized in a like Chalipin gesture. Initially it was a Chalipin, but it turned into a Kenyan Kesef based on the cancellation of the debt that was owed to the seller into the items into the item in it with its value. My time. And now what's the reason this is going to be effective? Why would such a Kenyan be effective? So we'll say like this. Rav Nachman must hold like Rabbi Yechanan to Amru says, Devar kindness. You can actually acquire movable items, even with an exchange of money. Why is it that the Rabbanan said, this is Rabbi Yechanan's opinion, that you need to do a Meshicha to acquire movables, because it's a Gezerah that the seller, who already received money from the buyer, now if we say that the transaction already goes through then, if there's a fire of some sort in the seller's house, he'll only save his own items, the items that he had already sold off by dint of accepting money from the buyer, he won't bother to sell, to save, because he has no benefit in that. So therefore the rabbi said, no, it's only going to be an effective sale when the buyer actually does meshicha, so the seller doesn't end up taking, in a somewhat roundabout way, advantage of the buyer. However, says Rav Nachman like this, When it comes to a common scenario, they made a gezerah. So therefore, in normal sales, if you give money, the money isn't effective because there's a normal transaction that occurred and there is this gezerah of Shema Yom Ruchitecha Nisrifu 
Milsa de la in an uncommon scenario where you're utilizing the monies that were originally required because of Meshich and you changed it into a Kenyan Kesef onto an animal like Azur Barabanan. So Rabbanan only make Gezeris in common cases. This is an uncommon scenario. Therefore, we go back to the Dairaisa ruling that the monies could be utilized to create the Kenyan. Melo, we can exchange the value that the buyer in this scenario owes the seller into money that can be used to flip the animal's value, the animal, to the seller in this case. So that's how Reb Nachman would explain the Mishnah, utilizing Rabbi Yechanan's principle. Asks the Gemara, the Reish Lakish, that only works if Reb Nachman holds like Rabbi Yechanan. But according to Reish Lakish, who says, that Meshicha, is mefurish minatayra, ikonim yara misecha, that you need to do meshicha midayraisa to acquire movables. Sahani chayisavar lakar of sheishis, if he holds lakar of sheishis, who says, Domar, peros avdi chalipin, you can use peros in order to create a chalipin with haritz kar of sheishis. So you can explain the Mishnah, like we said, the havamina or the maskana, we're talking about peros, either solely peros in the maskana, or in the havamina, matbea and peros. But if he held like Rav Nachman, so first off, he holds Paris are not able to be utilized for Chalipin. And B, also you can't use monies. So by my Mokila, how would Rish Lakish explain the Mishnah within the Shita of Rav Nachman? It must be that in order for Rish Lakish to explain the Mishnah, he'd have to explain it in accordance to the opinion of Sheshes. Therefore, it would come out that the Mishnah is talking about Paris Avdi Chalipin, not like Rav Nachman, because there's no way that he'd be able to explain the Mishnah. Let's move on to the final section of the day. It says the Mishnah, that when it comes to the heavenly domain's property, Hektish for that matter, it's able he, the Hektish acquires through the money, meaning just giving money creates a Kenyan regarding Hektish. However, when it comes to regular people, it's only acquired through some sort of a physical action. It doesn't mean necessarily Chazaka, but each item depending on the type of Kenyan. Let's say Mesira, Hagba, whatever the Kenyan is, there has to be a physical action for people to acquire from norm- normative people. But in Hektish, they could acquire even with just the transfer of money. The Mishnah is over the second rule, which is a pledge, a verbal pledge to Hektish is effective like the transfer, a physical transfer regarding a hedgeot, meaning even without any sort of physical action, Hektish can acquire, or, or can acquire what someone pledged to them. Tanarabhanan says the Brisa, what does the Mishnah mean when it says in the beginning that Rishus Hagavaya Hektish acquires with money? It means as follows, says the Gemara, Zak the Brisa, Gizbar, Shinasan Mois, Babehema. If the Gizbar, who is the representative of Hektish, gave money to purchase an animal, even if the animal is at the end of the world, Kana, Hektish acquires it, means the Kenyan already goes through with a monetary transfer of a hedgeot, but regarding a hedgeot, it only is effective when he actually does an act of Meshicha. Continues the Gemara, the second rule of the Mishnah, how is this rule of pledging something verbally to Gavayat Hashem is like giving it over to a hedge physically? Somebody says this ox is an oil, or this house is being pledged to Hektish. Even if those items are at the end of the world, Kana, Hektish already acquires it, they're already considered sanctified. But behedjet like kana, turning to chafes and a hedjet wouldn't acquire with just a verbal declaration. Unless there's a mashiach done on the shore and a chazaka done on the bias, there has to be some physical action. Continues the brayis of four more scenarios to illustrate uniqueness of hektish. Number one, 
Let's say he had a hedger who was buying something from Hektish. And he did Meshicha when the item was worth 100. But he didn't have the ability to give money to Hektish. Until it elevated in value to 200. So the Lacha is nice and Masayim. Now this hedger has to give 200. The Meshicha that he did initially doesn't help him to lock in the price. My time, what's the reason? Because the Pasuk says, It says regarding Hektish, he has to give the money in order to purchase it. He didn't give money yet. Meshicha doesn't help. Now he has to pay 200 if he wants to redeem it. Case number two, the reverse of that. He, he did Meshich when it was worth 200, now it's only worth 100. So the halacha is, here he's also going to be have to pay the higher value. Noisin Masayim, he has to pay 200. My time, what's the reason? So we say, the strength of the individual, the normal people, shouldn't be greater than that of Hektish. Meaning, since Meshicha is what creates a Kenyan for Hegeitis, for ordinary people, for Hektish it should also be included, and therefore we look at the Meshicha that he did as locking in the price, Mela it would come out that he'd have to pay 200. Padai b'masayim, let's move on to where there was a monetary transfer. He gave money when it was worth 200. And he wasn't able to do a Meshicha until it descended in value. Now it's worth 100. So Nasim Masayim, he has to give 200. My time of Nasim Nakesif Because he already gave the money, and money is what creates an acquisition regarding Hektish. If he gave the 100, and then it goes up in value to 200 before the Meshicha, now, what he redeemed is considered redeemed. He does not have to pay another hundred. A nice and ele money. Only, only has to give one hundred, like he gave. Asks the Gemara, Why don't we say the same thing we said in the second case, which is we don't want to say that the regular person has more of a strength than hektish, and therefore, since no mashiach occurred, he should now have to pay two hundred. So the Gemara answers that's not really true because regarding a hedjot, the giving of money does create some reality because etu hedjot la parakai. We know that the Gemara says there's a curse of mishapara. Somebody that retracts after giving money before doing a real kinyan gets a curse. The one that paid back the doramabel doraflag of achule will pay him back for reneging on his deal. So therefore, since regarding a hedjot, there is some sort of an effect that it would create a curse if a person reneges on the deal that he has already done. Therefore, regarding Hektish also, there is some effect that's had when he gave the money. And since regarding Hektish, actually, Mekra Din, the Kenyan goes through then. We're not going to say, Chamer Me Hektish, we're not going to say that's Farah. He'll only have to pay 100 and not have to give the higher value of 200. We're stopping here at the Mishnah, towards the top of Chavtes and Aleph. As the Shem will continue with Daf Chavtes tomorrow, Mitzvahs of Kibbut Ava'im, and the Mitzvahs that a father is responsible to his son. Very interesting sugyas. Everyone have a wonderful day.